Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's stand and open up in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. This is the day that you have made. And we are rejoicing. We shall rejoice in it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We come before you this afternoon, Father, to dine sufficiently. You said you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that we shall dine sufficiently. And your grace and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, bring your heavenlies down upon this house and everyone that's present for the salvation of our souls. Then hope will resonate, faith will operate, and peace will possess us. In Jesus' name, and I ask you, Lord, to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it'll be those things that you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. There's a, there's a prayer in, this, in my prayer book, my little prayer book, that I think it is just so appropriate, not just for today, but for the time. So the prayer for today is, comes out of Ephesians 5, 2. Walk in love as Christ also have loved us. We thank thee, O God, our Heavenly Father, for all of life's blessings. All we have comes from thee, and all we do is by the strength thou doest give us. Help us to love thee with all of our heart and serve thee with all of our strength. We bring our family to thee with all of its members in whatever place or condition they may be for thy gracious care. If some are sick or troubled or tempted, be to them a great physician, a comforting friend, and a mighty savior. Bless our daily occupations, and if it please thee, make our way prosperous. If adversity be better for us, make us patient and faithful in trial. Did y'all hear that? That's, that, that's, that is a powerful statement. I'm going to say that again. If, if adversity be better for us, make us patient and faithful in trial. Help us in all our perplexities to know thy will and make us ever ready to do what thou desires. Make us a blessing in our church and make our church a blessing to others. May thy word be a light unto our path and a lamp to guide all who are in any darkness. Bless the work of this day. Fit us for, for its duties and responsibilities. Overrule all of our mistakes and pardon all of our sins. We come to thee as children to a dear father, asking thee and asking these and other things we need for Jesus' sake. Amen. I, I just want to give honor to Martin Luther King's birthday time. Um, I know his, his birthday was actually on the 15th but they celebrated on a Monday, so they celebrated on the 8th. I want to share a little bit and then read something out of my book called America's God and Country. 
it's a, it's a wonderful book. Doc, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a prophet of God. I know you all want to call him a political activist, but Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King was a prophet of God who used a political platform to promote civil rights. Amen. He marched and he spoke through the path of the Holy Bible, declaring and decreeing biblical words of authority and dominion of which the righteous rejoiced over and the unbelievers along with the government hated raged over and plotted his death, the very least to shut him up, but not before he completed the mission God had him on. Amen. Sadly, that baton wasn't picked up by we the people and carried forth. Instead, his speeches has been and still are chanted repeatedly as black folks focus on their rights without seeing the bigger picture. Dr. King died for the rights of all people, for unity and love among all people, and for Christianity for all people. It appears he was a symbol of Jesus Christ, whom I'm sure expected at least the black, black race to continue where he left off for the purpose of truth, justice, and unity to ring out and the greatest nation in the world, the United States of America. And that statement I got, that last statement I got from Daryl Woods on his radio broadcast. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for, for civil rights and today we are experiencing the possibility of losing our freedom of speech, a constitutional right. What a slap in the face of all that he has done. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to read some of his quotes, the ones that you don't, you don't hear when you go to the big time churches and people get up and recite, recite his speeches. Just like Jesus made many speeches with his action that left a legacy for us. We can recite them, but we don't walk in them. Quotes by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If you will protest courageously and yet with dignity and Christian love, when the history books are written in future generations, the historians will have to pause and say, there lived a great people, a black people who injected new meaning and dignity into the veins of civilization. Nonviolence is the answer to the crucial political and moral question of our time. The need for man to overcome oppression and violence without resorting to oppression and violence. Man must involve, evolve for all human conflict a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. The limitations of riots is that they cannot win and they and their, and their particip participants know it. Hence, rioting is not revolutionary but reactionary because it invites defeat. It involves an emotional uh, catharsis, but it must be followed by a sense of futility. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, 
He should sweep streets as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. And the promised land I believe he was looking at is where he is right now. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to Philippians 2. Okay, um, the Philippians 2, we're going to visit verses 10 through 16. And the title is, Where is your light and is it shining? Now, in order for us to continue on uh, in Philippians, starting with verse uh, verse 10, because we went through 1 through 9, I, I have to kind of go over uh, some of the other scriptures to, for you to comprehend or, or to follow through with 10. And let's go with 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he's talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. Now, as I'm reading this, and we're reading this about Jesus, you got to personalize this because that's the kind of obedience he's calling his followers to. Obedience, obedience unto death. Y'all may not want to hear that, but it is a fact, okay? Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Now we can go into 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of all things in the heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Now, the interpretation of things is of those who are in heaven, of those who are in earth, and of those who are under the earth. So every knee, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now you either going to confess it now or you're going to confess, confess it afterwards. Now if you go to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord, you'll be rejoicing as you're confessing it. But if you miss that point and you go to eternity hell, it's not going to be a good thing. You're going to, you're going to confess it. Amen. He says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. You know, this is Paul who's talking to the church of Philippi. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless. Oh, glory, this is, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do all things without murmuring and disputing so that you can be blameless when you face your judge, Jesus, as he comes back. We know him now as king. If you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but you're, you will come to know him as judge. So 
Don't be deceived to think because you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you come to, come to services that you got it made. Are you working for Christ and are you doing all of your labor without murmuring, without disputing, blameless, not running your mouth, especially about stuff you don't even know nothing about because you're interfering in other people's business for the sake of causing problems? You hear something and then you take it back to another saint that you think it was referring to them and you don't have no understanding to break peace. That's what it's all about. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. This is Paul talking about it, that you're going to represent well. If I be offered upon the sacrifices and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. Amen. Let's go back to, to the beginning of this. Okay. Because Paul takes a look and a journey with the church beyond Christ's ascension in heaven where he is exalted but tells by revelation how everyone in heaven on the earth and beneath the earth will confess that Jesus is Lord. In other words, Paul takes them from when Jesus came here on the earth to die for us. And, you know, when he died, he ascended in heaven. But he takes us beyond that to, 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 for us to see where he is, is exalted. And, and, and Paul is telling us by revelation how everyone in heaven and everyone on the earth and everyone beneath the earth will be confessing that Jesus is Lord because regardless to how much he was rejected, he is Lord and King and he will reign. Amen. 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 Now, though not everyone on earth received not his arrival on earth as king when he came because they were looking for a different form of a Messiah or a Savior and they did not understand the Messiah and the Savior that arrived and how he came was going to deliver you once and for all and always. Not to fight a particular battle that only worked right at the moment that released you from the, the, that present government, but the battle that he was going to fight was going to release you from the government for always and ever and ever and ever. Yes. It didn't end in the Old Testament. He will deliver us from the government today. Yes. And the day is coming, and it is near, far nearer than we realize, when all will will bow to the one and to the one who was brought down and lifted high. And when that happens, believers with joy will rejoice and unbelievers will be in sorrow and remorse. That's including unbelieving believers. Jesus was sent for the most humble reason to exchange his royal robe for a cloak of sin to save the world. The Bible's message is about the cross of Jesus that saved the world and his resurrection that empowered the saved. Okay, let me say this again because 
y'all want to hear something that's going to tickle your ears. I'm trying to give you something that's going to deliver your soul. The Bible's message is about the cross of Jesus that saved the world. He came to save the world and his resurrection to empower those of us who are saved. That resurrection was far greater than how we're using it today. Okay? This is why he tells us, and when he starts in verse 12, work out your salvation. And the Greek meaning for work is to exercise dominion against. To exercise dominion against. That's what he means when he says, work out your salvation. Work out dominion against the evil. The darkness that comes to press against the church. Work it out to oppress. Oppress darkness. Oppress darkness. Don't be on the defense. Oppress darkness. When he says work out your salvation, it doesn't mean to work for or or work to be saved. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. That work has been done. Mm -hmm. There isn't, that work isn't there for you anymore. It was done. The only work that you got to work now is, is the work of faith. The work of faith to receive. And once you are saved, it isn't a time to sit back, to watch others, and wait for God to supernaturally work everything out in your life. That, let me tell you, that kind of thought is have you in bondage and won't allow you to elevate because you're sitting back waiting for Jesus to do what he's already done. He has already supernaturally worked everything out that we need today. You now, by faith, go in and grab it. Work it. Walk in it. Speak it. Declare it. Decree it. It's done. Take it. Go with it. God has done the work. He sent Jesus to be the substitution for our sins and replace our sinful nature with his divine nature. The work is done, but we must live life. We have received the gift of promise, the gift of salvation. And the gift of salvation includes life on earth as well as eternal life in heaven. We got saved and we're sitting back waiting to go to heaven. And he saved us to do damage, do diligence right now to earth so we can go to heaven and then rejoice over what he has called us to do. He didn't save us and call us to sit on our behinds and do nothing. He, He saved us to do the battle. See, that's the problem. They were waiting for this Messiah to come and destroy the, destroy the government that had them oppressed. Instead, he came and empowered them to oppress the government. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Taking a stand, rising above. Why? Because you have been given authority through the name of the Most High God. You have given power through the blood and the cross of the Most High God to do what you can't do in your flesh. 
And so you don't have to sit back. You don't have to sit back and take what the, what the spirit of darkness is dishing out. We do damage by with our thoughts and our tongue. But if you don't believe it, you can't feel it, so you certainly can't speak it. You got to believe it, receive it in your heart, and then begin to speak it out in the name of Jesus. What we speak out in prayer, don't, come on, they're not no little cute stuff we just saying because it sounds flowery. No, you're supposed to be praying what thus says the Lord in the word. And it's a two-edged sword. The word is a two-edged sword. So as you pray it, it's cutting you and it's working in the atmosphere where you're sending it out to. Salvation means Jesus has redeemed us from sin and hell. The hell on earth that includes sickness, terror, Fear, destruction, blindness, wrath, lack, spiritually and blindness, spiritually and physically, spiritually and physically. If we're blind spiritually, if we lack spiritually, we will physically. You can only do exceed as well as what your heart has received and is deposited into your soul. You can't see beyond that. Amen. Amen. Okay. And and he had he 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 our salvation delivers us from depression, diseases, poverty, and the list goes on. Amen. Okay, I said this because we tend to think one one little way. Salvation uh, is all inclusive and in how you live and what you're able to overcome. He, because in Revelation, in the back of the Bible, it says, those who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay? Let me, so when you're going to overcome, let me just say, overcoming is meaning I'm going to kind of step beyond my limitations. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone to do what God tells me I need to do in order to be made whole and to be healed and to overcome. I am not going to just rehearse and speak the issue because you can have what you say. So what I'm going to do is say, God, thank you for courage. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your peace that you bestowed upon me so that I can walk worthy of who I am. Walk in faith, not in the issue. And, and, and let me, oh, okay, help me, Holy Ghost. Because see, what we want to say, well, that's the reality of things. Really? Really? It's a fact of things. And facts are subject to change because facts are subject to the truth. The reality is what Jesus says. And that it has power to change the facts. Truth goes on from generation to generation. He said nothing about no facts. 
Jesus provided peace on earth for the believer and he equipped us with spiritual knowledge and wisdom to share the good news gospel to others for their salvation. And the, one of the greatest ways you can share is by your walk. If your walk line up with what you are speaking, people are convinced. They're not convinced when they hear you saying one thing, but you walking completely opposite of that. Salvation isn't a Sunday time or Sabbath time or a Bible study day. It's a 24-7 time of serving God with our whole being and service to others. It is walking in faith, which means my walk is to the exception of what the world say. My walk is an exception to what the world say, but to what the Bible says. Okay, for according to the Bible, for we walk not according to the course of this world. This is Bible. Y'all read the Bible. You'll see I'm not lying. But by the spirit of God, what God will tell us is always going to be contrary against doubt, fret, anxiety, fear, division. It will always be to a higher thing than what the world can perceive that is going to take a walk of faith to follow him. Okay? Amen. For he takes the impossible and make it possible. Amen. He takes the common, ordinary person and calls them to do exploits. He takes the foolish things of this world to conform the wisdom of this world. This is why the world cannot be your rule and guide and as a believer, follow all of his dictates. You've got to remember, you are not a resident of this land. Amen. You're an alien yes. visiting. Yes. And while you're visiting, you're supposed to tear up, shake up, twist around, throw out, and put in before you leave. You'll find out in Jeremiah. That's what he was called to do. Okay? Oh, God. That was a prophetic word to me in the newness of my... I just realized that. That's why I have to do like I do. Tear down, pull out, shake up, and put in. If we do, we will find ourselves living... If we do what the world is saying, when we find ourselves following the dictates of the world we will find ourselves living a double life. A double life which means two days or of a few hours acting holy and agreeing to faith. Agreeing to faith. I didn't say walking in faith. Okay? The rest of your time in life, keeping it real. So serving God in faith and by faith 24-7 isn't keeping it real. You know, it, all of that stuff may sound cool and sound good to you, but just sit back and think about what you're saying and, and, and some of the things you will hear and other people say and examine it and see what it really means. You know, oh, that's cool. Oh, I was just kidding. No, 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 no. What we have, have say have power. Amen. So we need to say what thus says the Lord. Amen. So... If serving God in, in faith and by faith is in keeping it real, who is your Savior? Mm -hmm. 
the world or Jesus Christ. You can't know until you step out of your comfort zone and step into the deep and to the unknown to see what your Savior will do for you. When you read the Old Testament and the epistles of Paul, you have plenty of witnesses how God supported and brought saints out because of their belief. Now I'm going to climax with Hebrews 11. And we're going to start with verse 8. And I'm going to read down to the end, verse 40, just to remind you guys about what faith actually looks like, okay? And it says, Hebrews 11, verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after received for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. In other words, the inheritance didn't happen until after he stepped out and did what God told him to do. He didn't get it beforehand. Amen. Okay? By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, uh, uh, like a, a, a foreign place. Let me see what, what strange, yes, I'm right, foreign place. Dwelling in tabernacles, Actually, there were tents. Those are the places that he set up. Yes. And, and every one that was set up was, was, was a result of a crisis that he had to go in to pray to seek God, and it became one of God's name, Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> Jehovah Rapha. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's how those names came about, okay? It says, for he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. By faith only could somebody who is past uh, uh, physically and scientifically the ability to conceive and also deliver. At a certain age, and you're past that age, you can't even give birth. It can't even come through the birthing canal without killing you. Y'all realize that? Because even when you are of age, you think you're dying. And you are closer to death than you ever will be when you give birth to a child. So imagine, by faith, she received that and she was able to give birth to a child. And he was a child of promise. Remember that now. He was a child of promise. Therefore, spring there, even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. In other words, what he's saying, he gave a promise to Abraham. And he says, as much as dead, he was so old, he was closer to death than he was to life. <laughs> okay? And made a promise to him that he was going to have so many children that it was going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And Abraham received the promise because he believed. Okay? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen 
them afar off or assured of them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. In other words, the promise that God gave Abraham, they didn't even live long enough to see it, but they believed it and they moved and they walked towards it. We are now seeing the promise fulfilled. For they that said such things declare plainly that they seek a country or a homeland. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is and an heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he had prepared for them a city because they walked in faith and stood and went to the very end they inherit a better country than this one and that made God feel proud and happy to have them by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said see now that this 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 thought here you know we need to think about something especially in the time that we're in because we just flip-flop and we go with the majority you know you were believing and expecting something and because it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen today ha now you switching over oh jesus 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 let me let me tell you god promised abraham a son a promise he gave him. And when God take, told him, take him up to sacrifice him, he still believed that promise. And he did not go back on it. When he went up to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, he told the mother folks he left behind, we will return. Not I will return. He knew he was going to come back with his son. He didn't know how, but he knew he was going to come back with his son. So he didn't give up on the promise. He didn't give up on what God had been saying because the evidence or the facts was pointing to something different. He stayed with that. See, that's what makes what you're believing come to pass because no matter how it looks and what anybody say, you refuse to get off that platform of God and you stay and you stick. And when you do that, he is, because of his name, authorized. He has to perform it. Because you have spoke what he said in this world and you stuck to it. He is going to perform it. Verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Because he believed God when he told him that. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Now, even if you kill him, I know you're going to raise him up. I know he's going to live. That's all I know. How you do it, I don't care. I just know you're going to do it. Yeah. Glory. By faith, Isaac, uh, um, did I read 819? Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figurative sense. <laughs> That's what figured means in the King James Version. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was... A, was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning up, a leaning, leaning upon the top of his staff. In other words, he was, he was sick and, and, and really was on his deathbed, but he raises up to bless them, to send them to where they need to go. When you believe, 
When you believe, you don't even let the deathbed take you off of what you say you believe. Because God is going to do it. He is going to manifest it how he said he was going to do it. He's not a man to lie. Hallelujah, Jesus. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Oh, see how you how they believe beyond all understanding? Yes. 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and that proper means beautiful, and they saw his beauty more than just external. Yes. Yes. You know, when you can see purpose in a, in a child. Yes. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. So even the circumstances is trying to hold that child back with this stupid lifestyle. Don't believe the lie. Keep on teaching, training, turning, focusing to them, them to their purpose that God has given them, regardless of all of that. Well, ain't nothing I can do because because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. And, and no matter what the king has said about killing, they went and, and preserved him and protected him and, 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 and put him in that water and he ends up in the king's house. <laughs> By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, with his own people when he discovered who his people. He chose to suffer affliction with his own people rather to sit up in that luxury and be crowned and, and reap all of the benefits. See, that's what our problem is. We want to appease our flesh and, and don't deal with the heart of the matter. Your flesh, when you die, your flesh isn't going to heaven and hell. So you can stop pampering that. You need to pamper it so you can live right here. But don't pamper it beyond heaven where you're just compromising and going along with every little thing. It's your soul that's going to go to eternity. That's what's going to be tormented if you put more emphasis on the pleasures of this earth than you do on the benefits of what's going to happen when you live for God and die for God. 25, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures uh, uh, or the passing pleasures of sin <laughs> for a season. <laughs> passing pleasures. They're only for a moment. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. In other words, he realized his reward and heaven is far greater than whatever pleasures or benefits that he can get here on earth. Amen. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that, lest he that destroyed the firstborn shall touch them. By faith. Okay, okay. Let, let, let me say something about that. Let me read that verse again. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Let me tell you, when the king says, kill every firstborn child, yes. the angel came and told believers, coveted people, 
to put over their doorposts the blood which will cause the death angel to pass over. So, so no matter whether there was a firstborn in there or not, nobody was going to be destroyed because they had the protection of what was forthcoming, the blood of the lamb. Yes. Because it was the blood of an of a animal lamb that they put on the doorpost. Let me tell you something. There's nothing new under the S-O-N. That was a protocol of the S-O-N. Put the blood over your doorposts. Put the blood over you and watch COVID pass over. See, y'all think COVID is stronger than Jesus. Y'all think COVID is stronger than anything that God has said. Put the blood. Cover the place with the blood. The blood of Jesus. And watch it pass over. It will pass over. You don't have to go, well, I don't know. I'm a, but you know what? I ain't going to even go through all that because I tell you what, when you get ready to go to the markets, you ain't worrying about, well, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think I need to go in there. You go in there and get your groceries, come back out and go home. It's just where you know Jesus is, you don't come. And yet, if he's here, the blood is here. Amen. The blood is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you know that when Jesus told me to open up in July, I came in fear and trembling, but I said, I'm going to do it, and the consequences is on you, Lord. So we go in fear and trembling, but we go. And when you do, God blesses that kind of faith. Amen. He blesses that kind of faith. Amen. I'm not talking about, see, I would be more afraid about going out shopping than I am coming to the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm not talking about being foolish and throwing all caution to the wind. See, y'all need to learn how to rightly divide the word. I'm talking about coming to the house of the Lord where Jesus is present. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's healing. There's deliverance. There, 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 there is prosperity. There is knowledge. There is wisdom. You can't get that at Sam's Club and any of the rest of the clubs. Verse 29. By faith, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, <laughs> which the Egyptians assaying or attempting to do were drowned. Y'all hear that? By faith, God parted the sea for his, his believers to come through. And when the enemy thought they were going to come through, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed or enriched about for seven days. Let me tell you, and I know this works, <laughs> because when we were at Hope <laughs> and God told me to take the prayer group for seven days at five o'clock in the morning before anybody gets there, and walk around that church seven times, praying and declaring some things. Things were different. Things were different than what they were when we arrived. And I don't know how they are now. But anyway, things were different. 
Amen. I know it works. I know it works. So let me tell you, especially when you got a battle in your household where all of you are not on one accord, let, walk around that place seven times praising and singing the praises unto the Lord and declaring what God said about who his people are. Seven times. And when you get done on that seventh day, shout the victory. Amen. Shout the victory. Thank you, God. I'm going to do that, too. Hallelujah. Don't let me forget. <laughs> By faith, the har harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. When she recognized that she had received holy uh, men of God, she hid them and protected them from the enemy. And so when the other unbelievers passed, she didn't. <laughs> Glory. And what shall I more say for the time would, would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and, of, and Samuel and of the prophets? That now he's, 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 he's getting into and coming into the, uh, the New Testament. He's climaxing with the old and coming into the New, New Testament people, New Testament saints, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent, valiant in, in, in battle or in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith, receive not the promise, God have, having provided some better things for us that they without us should not be made, should be made, should not be made perfect or, or, or um, let me see what that, what that really means out of here, 39, okay. Oh, for a testimony, and it would be for our testimony. Now I'm gonna read the commentary out of uh, David Jeremiah, because what you need to n need to understand that these people stood for the promise, and even though they didn't even get some of them after standing, and some of them had to die and all, they didn't receive, they didn't get to see that, but they received a greater promise, and that's what you need to un un understand. We cannot lose with Christ. Amen. We cannot lose with Christ. The writer sum summarizes that these people believed God even though they never saw the final fulfillment of God's promises. These worthy souls did all they, all they did before the coming of the Messiah, trusting in the something better of God's future promise of resurrection and redemption. The Old Testament saints had only the shadows and the promise. New Testament Christians had the substance and the fulfillment of Christ. Um, I want to read 
today's devotional, and it says, live for what matters. It says, um, if you work harder, you can earn more money, but you can't earn more time. To coin a popular song, time may be money, but your money won't buy time. There's a story about a guy who worked the late shift at a factory who, who walked home in the wee hours one night. He took a shortcut through the cemetery, failing to notice the new grave that had just been dug in the center of his path. He fell into it. After several unsuccessful attempts to get out, he decided to relax into morning when someone was around to help him. As he sat in the corner of the grave half asleep, a fellow traveler who had overindulged at the bar stumbled in beside him. Desperate to get out, the drunk started yelling and clawing frantically at the sides. At that point, our hero reached out, touched him gently on the leg and said, it's no use, friend, I've tried. You'll never get out of here. Not surprisingly, he did, he jumped out. A periodic visit to the local cemetery might help you reevaluate and reprioritize your life. For example, it might encourage you to stop and ask yourself what you're really living for. Solomon had an aha moment like that. For though I do my work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, I must leave everything I gain to people who have been worked for it. That's, he says, this is paraphrase. A rut is simply a grave with the ends kicked out. Don't just make a living, get out of your rut and make a difference. Don't just leave an inheritance, leave a legacy that will enrich the lives of those who follow you. And I said, I think Dr. King who left a legacy instead of writing on the thought and the memorization of the legacy he left, we must ride the legacy of action to leave for the next generation. We're gonna say this prayer together, okay? This is a prayer of faith for the maintenance of our constitutional rights. Heavenly Father, we, the body of Christ, appeal to your court in heaven to repent of a lack of understanding of the plans, policies, and procedures that were put in place to destroy our constitutional rights of speech and thought. We appeal to your court for the thoughts of the men and women who are in authority, for their plans to be bound up, tied up, and prevented from being successful, and their procedures to be cut off in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, Heavenly Father. Tell us collectively and individually how to pray and strategize to pray down the powers of the Antichrist and Jezebel spirits from our sphere of influence and in our nation. We declare that through the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus, we are obedient, free, and resurrected to have dominion over and against the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, please take the blinders from the eyes of confessing believers to get on board with your way for life and that more abundantly. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord open up your gates of wisdom and understanding to walk in his path and in his way and to have his peace undisturbed. In Jesus' name, amen.